What's up guys, we're back with some more deck guide breakdowns. Today we are covering the newest and greatest version of Sura and her toxic tactics to victory. Uh, this is a pretty fun deck to play. It's another take on the Sura landscape. You know, Sura has been pretty much a powerhouse in the metagame forever. And it's really cool to see the evolving versions of her and how she is coming to you know the forefront of the metagame in many different forms and this is a really great take on something that you're definitely not used to seeing all the time which you might be able to really enjoy so shout out to Tactor for helping us with the graphics in this one we are going to break this deck down show you the deck list give you the game plan and of course the strengths and weaknesses and all of that fun stuff in here so let's break this one down that's right guys toxic Sarah is back and it is back with a hit monkey fashion. For the audio listeners, let's break this list down. We have Best, Hit Monkey, Luke Cage, Hazmat, Zabu, Mysterio, Bishop, Shadow King, Wong, Absorber Man, Shang-Chi, and Sarah. We're going to get into some of the card alternatives in a moment. Uh, but the general game plan for Toxic Sarah is, you know, it's fairly straightforward for about the first three or four turns. And then on turns five and six is when you need to start adapting and figuring out exactly how you're going to win your lanes. But turn one, best play in the game is Bast. If you have a turn one Bast, in most cases, you should snap. Um, I've said this before in other videos, but Bast on turn one represents a lot of power to your cards in your hand. And even if your hand is not ideal for Bast, the likeliness of your opponent uh, retreating after you bast is way higher knowing that what you could have affected in your hand. So getting that snap early is just a way to keep people kind of in the game and string them along uh, for your, you know, for that bast ride. Of course, um, the second turn will always be Zabu if it's the card in your hand because you need to set up your later turns uh, as best as possible. But you can also just put in you know, uh, Luke Cage, if, you know, if you assume your opponent does not have an Enchantress deck, which can be really difficult early on, which, which is why it's better to play Zabu earlier. Uh, this way your Luke Cage and your whole combo is a much more protected for later on in the game when you need it. Uh, turn three is almost always going to be Bishop, but of course if you miss, uh, you know, an earlier turn like Zabu or Luke Cage, you can flip-flop, play the other one. This way you're still kind of progressing your board state and showing what, you know, pre presenting which locations you're going to decide to win best. Uh, the turn four is where it starts to get a little wonky here. You have Mysterio, you have Wong, you have Zabu and Luke Cage. Um, you know, you have the potential to, you know, maybe uh, Shang-Chi or something like that. If push comes to shove, it's possible that you do an early hazmat. Um, you know, if you're trying to set up an additional absorbing man. But all in all, this is a, an awkward turn in the in the game where you're really just trying to set up your best way to win the game on turns five and six this also varies upon what decks you're playing which is where i said in the later the game goes the more interesting the deck gets to play because you have to like truly walk through these turns turn five is sarah uh if the only way you're not playing a turn five sarah is if you assume your opponent is going to play a turn five um, Sandman, and when they play turn 5 Sandman, if you play Sarah, you just lose the game. So you have to adapt to that and realize that your opponent is a Sandman deck, and probably use this turn to play a couple cards, you know, 
like the Mysterio and the Hit Monkey and things like that, or the Wong and the Hazmat, and then so turn the turn later you're going to be absorbing Manning. Um, none of these are the best lines of play, but it is a way to attempt to win the game if your opponent is not you know not necessarily in the game when he has a turn five Sandman. It's likely that his he only has a turn six Doctor Doom, and if he only has a turn six Doctor Doom, if you do the math and you figure it out. Maybe your Wong and Hazmat and things like that are good enough to win the game with a follow-up Luke Cage. You know, if you have that line of Luke Cage on two, Bishop on three, Wong and, uh, or I'm sorry, Zabu on two, uh, Zabu, if you have that line of Zabu on two, Luke Cage on three, uh, you know, Bishop or whatever on four, um, even Bishop on three, and then Luke Cage and Mysterio on four, and then on five, you can have Wong Hazmat, and then on six, you can close out the game with Absorbing Man. So those are different lines that you can utilize to beat those decks, but you have to identify on five that you need to play more cards rather than holding your combo, because the best way to beat that deck is to be ahead of it, and knowing that on turn six, you're going to have Absorbing Man to hit everything again is likely enough to give you a win in most, most scenarios. Uh, this is the same thing, Turn, you know, it's basically a repeat for turn 6 here, is that if you turn 5 Sarah, you're probably not playing in Sandman, and that means on turn 6 you're just discovering the best ways to win, whether it be through Shang-Chi and Man, whether it be through the combination of all of the great and wonderful things this deck does with Wong, Hazmat, uh, and Luke Cage, maybe Shadow King is something that's going to really catch people off guard for the time being, so all of these things happen within this game, that on turns five and six, you just need to be making the best decisions, which does make this list a little more difficult to play because it's giving you another avenue of way to win, and it's hard to decipher exactly what is the best ways uh, to win in some matchups. So, card alternatives for the list. Uh, if you don't have Shadow King, not shocked. A lot, most people didn't really invest in Shadow King, so you can always just chuck a Green Goblin in there. Green Goblin does work wonders, works into your strategy, does a lot of good things. Uh, if you don't like the Shang-Chi route, you can go back to Angela. Originally, the card was Angela. We took Angela out for Shang-Chi, um, and it's felt a little bit better, but it's not always the best card. If you're watching this after an OTA change or after the balance change for um, Sir, for Sherry, well, then that might not be even card that you even need anymore, so you can definitely play with that slot a little bit. And again, uh, this is just another avenue. Don't want Shang-Chi. Doctor Doom is another phenomenal way to win the game. It's a solid follow-up to a Wong in the Sandman matchup. You know, like I said, if you go Wong Hazmat on five and your opponent still thinks they're good enough, well, dropping a Doctor Doom on six to spread 10 power out to lanes is another nice way to try and win the game. And uh, it's definitely one that people are likely not expecting uh, out of this type of deck. So definitely an option to consider. Toxic Sarah, strengths and weaknesses. Before I get into them, I wanted to shout out Cthulhu in the Discord. Cthulhu has been a friend of the Discord for years now, dating back to Transformers. Uh, but I asked him to help be a part of the, our community spotlights because we wanted to spotlight community members as we have in recent weeks where we did Darth Vader a few weeks ago. And last week we had Samu do the Lockjaw reveal. And now this week we have Cthulhu doing Toxic Sarah. So thank you for doing this for me. A uh, lot of fun, huge shout out again, and thank you for being a wonderful member of the community. Strengths and weaknesses, strengths. Um, yeah, safety in numbers is a really good strength, uh, and it's it's not something that you would really consider 
uh, in this particular you know type of deck, but it really does make sense in those words because like most Sura decks, it is very good at making explosive turn sixes, but this list has the ability to create different lines of way to win, whether it be through some hit monkey combination or through a hazmat combination. You know, your opponent is not always expecting one or the other, so having the option to do either can lead to some very interesting game uh, ways to win four and eight cube games, if I'm being honest. Unpredictability. Shadow King is a newcomer to the meta and has not really caught on, which can play to your advantage. 100% agree. Um, you know, it's not the best card in the game by any means, but in a deck like this that you're able to leverage certain things in certain lanes and also have the ability to have a card like Luke Cage, Shadow King is a pretty phenomenal card. Resetting everything's base stats back to, to whatever they are can play really well into a lot of the mirrors that you might be playing. It plays really well into anything that's not ongoing is the true answer here. Um, so it's also very good in the sharing matchups if you catch the card off of the Cosmos lane. Wong is a threat again, as you can often wait until turn 6 to play him, thereby avoiding Cosmos and Enchantress counters. Uh, you know, Cosmos is still very much in a lot of decks. Enchantress is still not in as many, but it's still a force to be reckoned with, and your biggest fears with Wong have always been Cosmo, has always been Arrow, has always been... Um, you know, Rogue and Magneto and things like that. And all of those cards are not very high in the metagame right now. So because of that, you can utilize Wong to the best of its ability. Even if you have to play it on four, your opponent might just not have an answer to it. Most Sherry decks are playing their Cosmos on three. So if they're playing their Cosmos on three, you know exactly where your Wong has to go in order to win games. So just something to, you know, really think about when you're playing this deck or playing against this deck. Shang-Chi is mostly useless against this deck until it's too late. Yeah, the only time it's really ever that good is if you get your bishop to a high enough count, but you can also put, you know, like, that's not as important because um, he's not necessarily your way to win the game anyhow. He's just there as a natural buff card that goes up through the scale of the game. Uh, but also, Wong Hitmonkey is definitely a way to win a, win a lane for sure, so that's normally after the fact. And while you can have priority sometimes, your opponent's not necessarily going to be expecting you to um, definitely hit monkey on your Wong lane. So, you know, but sometimes, hey, having that hit monkey hit and hit again for like a 20 power hit monkey, that's, that's going to lead to win. So definitely be weary of that play. Uh, weaknesses. This, the cards like Sandman and Leech, as I've already said, uh, are definitely huge shutdowns for this list which can be problematic. The deck does have the ability to adapt on the fly if you notice or can figure out your opponent is doing this early. So I've said that you know in the, you know, the, the game plan breakdown, you just have to be able to adapt as quickly as possible and realize the strengths and weaknesses that those particular matchups, matchups have on you. And if you can adapt quickly enough, you can actually potentially force an opponent to retreat or put them in a position that they were not assuming they were going to be in. Uh, locations that deny you, a, you know, access are very difficult to overcome. Anything that's like uh, shortening the board isn't great for you. Seridex are naturally good at spreading out power and giving yourself the ability to focus later on in the game of which lanes you want to win. So, you know, Sarah Sanctum, Plunder Castle, uh, Crimson Cosmo, you know, like all of these locations are very bad for you and it can definitely 
put a hindrance on your game states. Most of the time, it's probably a retreatable, uh, just a retrievable offense. Uh, the Shadow King is ineffective against ongoing cards of so Devil Dinosaur, um, your Darkhawks, which are definitely prevalent in the metagame, uh, and, you know, even Blue Marvels, Kazars, uh, Mystiques, and Patriots. Like, it doesn't do anything against those cards. They just get rebuffed, etc. So, again, that's the problem with Shadow King in general is that it can definitely hurt you in that aspect. Uh, the last thing that I thought was a really good point by Cthulhu is that maybe you're watching this, maybe you saw this guy, and you're like, man, I could never play that deck. It's a very expensive deck. It has a lot of expensive cards. Uh, six pool three cards, three pool four cards, a season card. Um, you know, that's a lot to offer, so we understand that, and we're not always trying to focus on deck guides around those things, but this is currently a deck in the metagame that's shaping up to be one of the best decks. So we wanted to cover it on the you know, on the YouTube and through Tactor and things like that. So, yeah, it's an expensive deck to, to play, and maybe not everyone has access to this. It's definitely not a Series 3 incomplete type of deck, but I digress. You know, this is a list that right now succeeding very well and therefore wanted to break it down for you guys. Sarah's Toxic Tactics to Victory. Man, what an alliteration that one was. It really rolls off your tongue. Try and say that one five times fast. I bet you can't. Uh, this is, I've said a couple of times now, the deck is on the rise uh, in some tier lists. For some people, you saw it at the top of it and above, you know, versions of it above Sherry this week. I haven't seen those numbers personally, but I definitely trust the data that people are looking at. There's no reason to lie about that data. So uh, this is a deck that's in within the metagame that's, performing very well you might see more and more of it but it is expensive it does require a lot of pieces and they're not really interchangeable aside from shadow king you know being the series four card that you can kind of wonk around with those series three pieces to make this list you, you kind of need them all so definitely not something for everyone to pick up right away but if you have the pieces if you're looking for something different to play wonderful deck to pick up kathuga has had some nice success with the deck uh, and others, uh, you know, this this particular list or a version of this list was in my day one Infinite deck. Uh, so people figured it out right away and have been enjoying it and have been succeeding with it since. So definitely a deck that you should pick up and look at if you have all the cards to do so. This is our second deck breakdown like this, utilizing the Tactor Guides. If you're enjoying these type of breakdowns, please let me know in the comments. Uh, whether you like this, whether you'd like to see more gameplay instead, I'm just trying some different things out this week to get the feedback from the community. So if you like this guide, if it's enough information for you, great. If you feel like gameplay would be a little more useful or at least somewhere on the screen, having gameplay would help a bit. Let me know in the comments because I really want to make these deck guides as best as possible and deliver as much information to you guys as I can. So Thank you guys for listening today. Uh, right below me is our last one we did, which was for MODOK. Check it out. L let me know if you haven't seen it yet. And again, if these deck guides are helping you, if it's supporting you, it's helping your gameplay, help me out. Support the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like. Comment below with whatever deck guide you might want to see us discuss, maybe even see some gameplay for as a secondary video, anything like that. Hit me up in the comments. Thank you guys so much for watching today. Have a wonderful day. See ya.